opinion on health tea leaves. It was really helpful for our lab. So um, a couple of things, Gerd. So my opinion doesn't matter on, on, on something that was successful for you. Correct? My opinion shouldn't matter on something that was successful for you because you just told me that it was successful for you. Therefore, it worked. So whatever I think doesn't matter because it worked for you. As long as it didn't take you two years to get the dog to actually learn how to do it, or even a year, frankly, or six months, frankly. Um, but I have no problem with head halters whatsoever as a general, as a general rule, as a general rule. Next. Hey, we're live. How's everybody going? How's everybody doing? Stopping by to give thanks. Continuing education for dog owners and trainers is mandatory and grateful. Awesome. Dogs just stop doing bad shit. It's incredible. And then you get to start training your dog. Yeah! <laughs> hey, everybody. How are you? It's Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training and the wonderful Angelo. Hey. He's filling in for the awesome um, Joelle, who's coming back tomorrow morning, tomorrow early afternoon. So... She'll be on most likely the Friday show. Um, hope everyone's having a great week. It's been a busy, busy week. This morning we did, uh, geez, we've done two podcasts today. <laughs> this morning we did the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff podcast. And you can see that on YouTube and on Facebook um, as well. It's already up there. Um, I do that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then um, also we just finished up a Zoom on Patreon. It was a Patreon exclusive for Patreon members only. And um, if you want to join our Patreon, that's patreon.com slash training. patreon.com slash training. Sorry about that. Um, this show is um, historically, um, we talk about stopping unwanted behaviors. Most people are struggling with unwanted behaviors. And uh, so when they ask a question on this show, I talk a lot, of, I use the word punisher a lot. So you apply a punisher. Punisher is not abuse. It's been hijacked. Um, we reward for a dog. We use a reward-based training system to train dogs' obedience. And obviously, um, to stop an unwanted behavior, you need to learn how to properly apply a punisher. In our seminar series as well, which is at jeffgelmanseminars.com, we, um, same thing, those are problem-solving uh, seminars. So I think to make sure people need some context on this, people argue left and right that you don't need to correct your dog. They think it's mean and abusive, but actually living with a dog with bad behaviors, I think is pretty abusive and mean to the um, family. And it's unnecessary as well. You don't, you don't need to do that. Your dog can live um, a really great life. You can live a really great life. You can do so much with your dog. And one of the motivations I've got um, about this show is that so many people, you know, are struggling with their dogs and they don't need to, they don't, they don't need to be struggling with their dogs at all. Um, the way the show works is you will um, type in your question, Angela will read your question and then I will answer your question. So this is, this is your third show you've done. I think you did, third or fourth. You did last Wednesday and um, Friday and then you're doing this Wednesday. Yeah, today. Yep, yeah, right, exactly. Right you're, now. You're doing tonight's show. So, so Angelo's been great. He's been on for three of the shows. He's reading the questions. He's got, uh, uh, he can probably answer a lot of the questions as well because he's grown up in this world. He, I get to answer some of the questions? I said you probably could. Yeah. 
you, you want me to throw you some questions to answer? Yes, please. Okay, I'll do that. And uh, you know that photo that we put up of you next to the little community library? People love that photo. Yeah. Yeah, that was really, really good. So got a lot of, a lot of, get, a lot of great comments on that photo. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can jump over to our Instagram channel, jump over to our um, uh, Facebook uh, page, which is what you'd want to do anyway. Actually, Instagram stories is what is the most exciting thing because there's constant content being put up on Instagram stories. And um, especially stuff that's going on um, at the training center. That's often um, put up there um, as well. So um, that's really, really um, big. And questions are not coming in. And I'm wondering what is going on. Well, we, we have one. Yeah, but still by now, sometimes there's a short delay in the um, by, by when people can see this. But uh, it's always interesting. Well, there are 40 people. Yeah. So, so anyway, so ask your questions. Um, I'll try not to go on any rants tonight. Usually with Ange here, I don't go on too many rants. I've done my my, sure my my Monday, Wednesday, Friday show, Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff, is single topic shows. Um, and I, I'm doing a lot of, um, uh, uh, I'm getting a lot of uh, good feedback on that. And I'm able to focus on one or two subjects and then answer a couple questions, questions that pertain to those um, uh, subject. Yes, Steph, we see the comments. So, so yeah, so it's possible that um, this didn't load properly into some of my software, um, which happens every once in a while. So, so Angela, why don't you start out with the first question? I, uh, hold on. Oh. Yep, there it goes. All right, from Haiti. Hi, Jeff and Angela. Hey, Haiti. Hey, Haiti. Oh, How are you? <laughs> Get it? Because, hey, Haiti. Yeah. I'm a jokester. Actually, we have a sound effect that we can we can do for that. Oh, that's not the drama. It's the applause, though. Um, you, so, you guys get the gist. Yeah. So next question, Angela. <laughs> All right, from Haiti. How old is Tex? Just curious to try to trying to get an idea of how how much exercise my sixteen month old GSD should should have. Well, I think. Hey, comparing, you know, a Malinois to a German Shepherd is a little bit different. Um, I think, you know, a German Shepherd definitely needs a good amount of exercise. But what is a good amount of exercise? Also, how much time do you how much time do you do you have in your day to exercise your dog? Um, I think a lot of that. Some people will say, well, your dog should get two hours a day of you know exercise. I think a lot of people don't have those two hours a day. So if you did two 30 minute walks, one 30 minute place play session of, you know, you know, chuck it or whatever, would that be enough for some people? It would be for some people. It wouldn't be. Um, so judging what one person's dog does against another person's dog is sort of hard to hard to, you know, compare. Um, the more important thing is, are you keeping your dog active both mentally and physically? Are you obedience training your dog? Um, are you stopping unwanted behaviors? Are you feeding um, a nutritious diet? We feed raw. We recommend raw for, for dogs. In fact, we just got off of a great Zoom call um, on Patreon with uh, uh, Thomas Sandberg, who is um, uh, the guru of raw feeding. Um, very, very educational. But as far as like how much should you do? I mean, you don't even have a full adult yet. Um, uh, uh, you're usually about two years old. They're about a full adult, most dogs and most breeds. So I think, you know, I don't know 
I swim tax about five times a day. He goes on two bike rides a day. It's we're down in Florida, so it's in the 90s and very, very humid. So we we don't do walks at all. Um, we got to be really careful on the bike. It's like tonight we might not be able to bike because it's still in the 90s and humid outside. And by the time the show is over, we won't be able to do it at seven, maybe at eight. Then it starts getting dark. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, I think it's it's just there's a couple of factors like how much time do you have but most dogs need exercise but how much you know is it a high drive dog a low drive dog i mean even with a high drive dog you can still teach it how to be calm a lot of times people with out of control dogs will say we'll exercise them more you can also teach your out of control dog just how to be calm next all right from oh and the whole text is um five six five or six i think now yeah Honestly, I don't remember. No. Uh, we already read Stephanie's, so, but I mean, I'm still good. Steph, no. hello, Angela and Jeff. Just wanted to see if you see this comment. Yep, we saw it. Yeah, we saw it. Next. From the seat. From the Zeke 1970. Yep. Hi, Jeff. Long time no He Hope all is well. Hello, our dog. Hug is great in the crate, but will not settle my. And we let him out of the crate. Any suggestions on how to get him to settle or calm down? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's all training. You know, I mean, you know, I think if you your average dog, if you gave it an option, it would just run around your house, jump on your furniture, run from window to window, you know, act a little bit foolish, do the zoomies, things like that. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of people have dogs that actually do that. A lot of the small breed dogs are allowed to do that. Um, but getting a dog, even if it's not tired or not, you know, you can have a dog that comes out of the kennel and just settles down. How do you teach that? Number one, you get rid of the arousal. So if a dog comes out of the kennel hot, you can say no and you can bonk it. You can say no and leash pop it. You know, you can keep a leash on it and just show it how you want it to behave. Um, you can teach your dog the a relaxed command, which is something like, you know, the go to go to place or do a downstay um, and then enforce that. Um, so, you know, you know, Tex, who's right now is laying on a dog bed. Um, if it was up to him, he, you know, if I told him to get off the dog bed, he would go flying around this room. But he can't be flying around the inside of my house. I mean, it's just it's just not right. So I'm um, in my eyes. Um, so he just goes to place and he just hangs out there. I mean, he'll probably end up going swimming after the show. We'll do we'll do um, some because uh, biking we might be limited on today. I've got a feeling because it's still really really hot outside. Next, from Emma Hesse, he fuck. Hi, 89. Mm-hmm. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good. Things How are, are you doing? Things are really, really good. Next. From Suzanne. Hello, Angela. Oh, hello. Oh, other dude, lol. <laughs> LOL, yeah. Yeah, what's this guy's name again? <laughs> Thanks. I'm kidding. I know your name. Next. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, wait. Can you explain high-level correction? Well, I mean. Oh, from Lita. So, Lita, I mean, it's all con- contextual. Right. I mean, if a dog in drive, a high level correction, let's say on a, your average remote collar that goes up to 100 and on dog trick goes up to 127. So if it's fitted right, those would be considered high level corrections. Now, if your dog is in drive, they might not even feel that. So that would be not be considered a high level correction. So a dog would not feel that. So my Malinois doesn't feel 100 on a mini educator in drive. 
doesn't feel it. Doesn't feel it. So chasing prey doesn't feel it. So, but right now, if I did a 20 or a 15, right now with him lying on a dog bed, that could be high. But I think you, I need more context. I need more context. Like what are you, the, the biggest thing is you normally would use a high level correction to stop an unwanted behavior. So what behavior are you trying to stop? And I can literally tell you historically step-by-step dog aggression is not step-by-step dog aggression is a multi-level training protocol, but things such as barking at the front door, barking out the window, counter surfing, getting in the trash, getting it out of the, getting in the litter box, you know, I mean, then there's also, it's in the obedience realm as well in the proofing stage. So a high level correction is something that's extremely intolerable to the dog. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, something they feel. Sometimes, you know, dogs respond to, you know, um, we don't we don't use the the the, the uh, penny can at all. But some dogs are terrified of that, and they stop their behavior. But you know, some dogs will work through a correction as well. So it's more about context, more about context. But there are absolutely behaviors where a high-level correction, such as something that's highly uncomfortable to the dog, yes, painful in the moment, um, is necessary. And this is what folks really need to 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 that they struggle with. They think that this pain is like forever. It's a one to three second moment of discomfort and it's preceded with the word no. So what you're doing is you're just enforcing the word no. That's what you're really doing. So when you said no to your dog, it really understands the concept of no. And a lot of people are, are, are just like, that's not necessary. Well, sure it is. Of course it's necessary. We had somebody on our um zoom room yesterday a trainer who worked with a client that it's already been to the hospital four times for surgery for getting up on a counter and ingesting things well that could be stopped in a couple of seconds but the amount of financial burden on the family the pain and discomfort uh, of the dog going through the surgery the potential non-survivability of the dog Dogs stealing out of, you know, laundry baskets, dogs, you know, chewing up articles in the home, dog just, you know, chewing on a power cord. So, you know, there's so many folks out there that believe a dog does not have to be corrected. But this is the big thing now in the dog training world is folks that use remote collars are just they're lying. They're saying, well, they only use it at low levels. Well, what does that mean? Well, how about if a low level is not enough? How about if a low level doesn't work? Like, and what is a low level? What, under 20, under 30? And then you get people that are like, never go above and they'll insert a number there. Like they're the God of the number. Like you should never go above 50 on a remote collar. Well, all these people are doing this, is it, and it's still a disservice. It's worse than, and frankly, it's worse than all the folks that are reward only. It's a lie. It's an outright lie. So if, yeah, if I had some context to what to, to um, what you are trying to stop, we can talk about that. And then also, your dog might not perceive a certain level like another dog would. A lot of dogs can just work through the discomfort and they don't care. We have dogs that wear two collars 
and they'll wear like a double boss. So a double boss is um, the mini educator is the lowest, um, the least powerful that eCower technology makes, then you can get to the boss. So there's a lot of dogs that wear double collars and these are intense dogs. But you have to keep in mind, we work with intense dogs and they can care less about a double boss. They don't care. They don't stop their behavior. So, and then there's other dogs that will stop the behavior on a 20. So there's a, there's a lot of context, a lot of troubleshooting, and there's a lot of variables. Next. Next, from, from Susan. Suzanne. Suzanne, sorry. From yeah. Suzanne. I think you need matching shirts. Yes. Yes. Well, Angela's wearing a shirt that I got him in Greece. Which is a is. which is a great. But don't you have one of these? Um, I've got a bunch of shirts from Greece that I'll wear once it gets cooler. I didn't get a lot of short sleeve shirts. I got longer sleeve shirts from Greece. Hmm. But I, 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 but I, they're beautiful linen shirts and they're great yes. and I love them and they're really comfortable. Yes. You just don't put them in the dryer. Next. Wait, what happens if you put them? They in the shrink. Dryer? Yeah, you lay them flat. You lay them flat, or you hang them up on a hanger. Let them air dry. Next. From Charles. Hey, Angelo and Jeff. Hey, Charles. So I've seen Charles a bunch lately because he's been on every one of the podcasts that I'm doing. Every, you've met all the Zoom. You just read, you've met everyone on this podcast. No, that's not true. A lot of people on this Next. podcast. Yep. Yes. From Suzanne. I know you're looking for another pup. Would you consider a rescue? Why or why not? So, so Suzanne, I, I'm looking for a German Shepherd. The big question is, can you, is there a physically sound working line German shepherd in our shelter system is there a mentally sound working line German shepherd in our shelter system I I'm not seeing them I'm not seeing them so, you know, I'm not against rescues, but when it comes to German Shepherds, I'm looking for a specific dog. I'm looking for a specific dog. Right now, the German Shepherd breed is one of the breeds out there that, we're, that we are seeing high levels of anxiety. We're seeing incredibly poor genetics. We're seeing dogs that are just physically effed up we're seeing hip dysplasia like it less than a year old so would i get a dog that needed an operation before it was one years old of course i wouldn't why, why would i do that when i can just go purchase a dog from europe that's that's you know they guarantee the dog's health so i'm not anti-rescue at all but there's so many dogs that are in rescue that are struggling with life. And it's not just training problems. Meanwhile, there are some great dogs in rescue that can be easily trained. But I'm looking for a particular dog. I'm looking for a particular dog. So I'm a German Shepherd person. I'm looking for another German Shepherd. I like the ones from, from I like the check lines. I like the working line check dogs. So, but 
the issue that we're seeing now is, and then you see, like I used to get all these, I've unsubscribed from so many emails as well as I don't belong to any Facebook groups. There might be one or two, I think, or I might be, for all I know, there might be a bunch that I'm, that I just never unsubscribed. I just don't, and I've unfollowed them. I just don't see their stuff anymore. But I remember getting um, a post of like, say eight, eight German shepherds up for adoption. And they show a picture. Some of them were good looking. But when you read their bios, it's like, like, you're lying. You're lying. Like when somebody puts, um, should be the only dog in a household. So what they're really saying is that the, do the, the dog's dog aggressive is what they're really saying. Right. Um, uh, it takes time to warm up to people. What they're really saying is, it bites humans. So there's so much lying as well. There's so much lying as well. So again, I've only gotten two dogs from breeders um, and the rest I've just acquired over the years. And the majority of them have been great dogs. They weren't German shepherds. They were just all different like everything from a Turkish Kengel to a pit bull. But I'm looking for a specific dog. Next. From Sam. Hi guys. When I, I asked my when I asked my dog for a command, do I hold the stem at the current level until they are finished with the command? Such as he call if if she is as far away, do I hold it until she reaches me? Thanks. Sam depends on I don't know, number one, if your dog does not know recall the remote collar is not going to help you. We have a four-step program on how we teach the remote collar, a four-step program. And first we teach the dog without the remote collar on all its basic obedience. We give the dog the correction level on non-remote collar. And then we layer over the remote collar with our four-step program. In our green to graduate if you go to our academy, I'll type it in right now in our academy. Um, guys, academy for my podcasting people. It's academy.solidk9training. Julie usually does this. Um, one of the wonderful things about her. That's, just, <laughs> that's way more than that, but that's one thing. Um, so there's a lot of ways to train recall. You can just do a quick stim till the dog um, um, starts coming towards you. You can also do continuous till the dog gets to you. You can also do dial up if the dog's moving slow. There's like a lot of different ways that you can train recall, but I don't know how you've trained your dog on recall. I don't even know if your dog knows recall yet. So, to, but I always tell people for obedience, for obedience, it's not about just pushing buttons. There's a huge amount of training involved behind it. That's why, you know, when you when you get these comments from people that said that say, "Why well, come in running back to you if you shocked me too?" I'm like, "You would." Do you know that most dogs would probably run away if that's what you think? Do you really think? And this is not to you, Sam, but it's like, do you really think if my dog doesn't know down and I say down and I push a button, my dogs and all of a sudden just go down? It doesn't work that way. You still have to train the dog. So there's actually a train, there's a whole training system behind remote collars. That's why when people say it's a shortcut, shortcut, it's not a shortcut at all. 
you know, Angela, don't be yawning the whole show. I'm tired. Okay, well, go to bed earlier. Next. You woke me up early. That's because I woke you up at the normal time. <laughs> True. Next. I don't have an excuse. Nope. I'm just tired. Next. Yeah, all right. Uh, from M. Hesse. Hey, I know that training process is the same regardless of the breed, but have you got any tips for tip typical tip? I don't know that word. Excitable huskies. Oh, that says excitable. Yep. I'm not. Apparently, I'm not good at reading. Honey, you're excellent at reading. Go on. One that would jump up at everything, find everything exciting, and can't keep still. So actually, I mean, the tr training process is not the same for every dog. I mean, there is a universal methodology on training, reward the good, correct the bad. Um, but like, we've got a dog with us right now that literally it pisses and shits and tries to bite you no matter what you're doing. You put a leash on it, it pisses and shits and tries to bite you. You open up its kennel, it pisses and shits and tries to bite you. I mean, so like that dog needs some troubleshooting. So there's a huge amount of troubleshooting when it comes to dog training. But as far as any dog that's overly aroused, overly excited, we mark it with no, which is our marker word, which is the precursor to a correction. Yes is the precursor to a reward. And then we would bonk the dog, which is a cotton towel if you're going to bonk Riz. So it's over aroused. Because the last thing I want is a dog. If I'm outside playing chuck it, if we're going swimming, if we're running on the beach, if we're in the forest, give me an excitable dog. But when we're like just in the house, I want my dogs to be chill. But a lot of people don't know how to do that. And they'll say, well, just exercise the dog more. That's not how you do it. You actually train the dog to be just chill. Next. From GERD. Opinion on healthy leads. It was really helpful for our lab. So um, a couple of things, Gerd. So my opinion doesn't matter on, on, on something that was successful for you. Correct? My opinion shouldn't matter on something that was successful for you. Because you just told me that it was successful for you. Therefore, it worked. So whatever I think doesn't matter because it worked for you. As long as it didn't take you two years to get the dog to actually learn how to do it, or even a year, frankly, or six months, frankly. Um, but I have no problem with head halters whatsoever as a general, as a general rule, as a general rule. Next. And just move this up. Um, thank you. Yeah. From, from Francis. Many, he, uh, I'm gonna try to pronounce Doxin. it. Doxin. That's a Doxin spell, believe it or not. Yep, mini Doxin. Yep. Mini Doxin, six months old, left alone in the house, dug a hole in the hardwood floor and window, window, uh, window frame. Why? 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 They have. Have heaps of toys. I was only gone for an hour. How do I leave the house and be able to trust them? Thanks, guys. So, a um, couple of things. If your dog was in a crate, it couldn't have dug holes in the hardwood floor and the and the in the um, in the window frame. Correct. It doesn't make a difference if you had one thousand toys. Ooh, one thousand toys. So my dogs have no toys lying around. We they play chuck it with toys. So in the ocean, in a field, in a swimming pool, they play, which is fetch. 
you know, but you don't need, the dog doesn't need hundreds of toys. The dog doesn't need five toys. I'm not against toys at all. But no, the, the, no matter how many toys you have, that will not stop the dog from doing this behavior. It's most likely some separation issues going on there, which you're eventually going to have to, you know, you work on. But start crating your dog. You can just get a small crate for it for a dachshund. But in an hour, your dog could chew through an electrical cord, eat through a wall, even a dachshund. It can jump off of something and injure itself. So um, I'd get yourself a crate. That's going to be the easiest, safest, quickest way for you to eliminate this problem. Next. Uh, from the Ziki. Thanks, Jeff. Have, have that. That is what your do our dog does. Zooms around the house like a mad dog. So mad yeah, dog. between six and nine p.m. Historically, there's this is zoomie time. So um, time. a lot of dogs. I don't mind zoomies outside. They're fun to watch. I don't like zoomies inside the house. It's just, I don't like that. Angelo can't be running around this house. He can run around outside. My dogs can't be running around this house. They can run around outside. So I'm not against zoomies. I'm against that behavior inside a house. Next. Next. Yeah. Jinx. Next, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from MSA, hey, 589. Yep. Do leash pops... Helps work without prong collar, even for highly excited dogs that pull everywhere or like prong collar or quicken the process a lot. Thanks. Yeah, prong collar will quicken the process dramatically. Like, like sometimes after one leash pop, believe it or not. So any like if you're using a martingale collar, which is actually a limited choke, um, a flat buckle collar or a um, slip lead, um, it's going to be really, really challenging to get a good pop in there. They weren't designed for that, first of all. None of those things were designed for that popping motion. Now, a martingale sort of is, but a martingale actually is a technically a choke collar. And I'm not a big fan of choke collars. That's why people think prong collars, as barbaric as they look, a martingale and a slip lead can cause um, more damage to the dog's you know, trachea area. I've often said that if I really wanted to harm a dog and I was able to pick one tool, one tool, I would pick a slip lead. Slip lead would be the number one thing I would need to actually, you can actually kill a dog quite easily with a slip lead. Where a prong collar, as barbaric as it looks, it's extremely difficult to um, harm the dog. Next. From... Let me just pop, move that up a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. From Anne. Hello, my, my GSD is about two years old and got him a rescue at, at approximately he, one years old. He, he's reactive towards, towards other dogs. He puts the chase on them. What can I do to stop this? I walk him and tell him to leave it if he makes eye contact. So the thing is, is... You haven't applied a consequence for, um, mm -hmm. I'm not against dogs looking at other dogs at all. The problem is your dogs, your dog targets them and then will chase them. That's the problem. So the first thing is the looking. So right now I would say no and then apply a correction. A remote cower is perfect for that. So there has to be some consequence that incentivizes the dog not to continue the unwanted behavior. 
Um, so leave it, um, which is not a command I, I use. I'm not a big fan of the word leave it just because I think people overuse it and it's been watered down. But if you say leave it and then correct the dog on a remote cow and the dog was like, shit, that really sucked. I'm like, then theoretically words are just words. You can use the word broccoli. It doesn't make a difference. Um, so, but what you're doing is you're getting the dog to stop the behavior in the moment, but you're not getting the dog to stop the behavior. Next. From Sue. Mm -hmm. I have an, an eight-month-old Labrador, Labradoodle, mm -hmm. actually, and I quit it to my night when I leave the house. He is comfortable with it, but my husband thinks he is too old for crating and that we should hang him off of it. It's, I like the crating. I think, think it keeps him safe and humble. What is your opinion? So, you know, you can, your husband thinks he's getting too old for crating and we should wean him off it. I mean, how old is the cutoff age for a dog being in a crate? And if you put a, if you're, as long as your dog doesn't destroy dog beds, if you put a dog bed in the crate, correct? And you decided to crate your dog just for safety reasons. So you ask your husband, so the dog is lying on the dog bed. You're okay with that, honey, right? But if there's six sides to it, you're not okay with that. It's the same dog bed. Dog still lying down on it. One, the dog has access to the whole house. The other one, the dog does not. So you can wean your dog off of it if you want to. Tell your husband to train the dog to be weaned off it then. But that's, you know, should be a mutual decision. But to me, I'm a, I'm a fan of crates. I'm a fan of crates. Now, if you've got a dog that doesn't need one and is safe and is not ingesting things, it's not soiling, it's not ripping things up, it's not breaking out the window, it's not stealing things, it's not ingesting things, that's your choice. That's your choice. Now, you can stop your dog from doing a lot of those things, but if you're gone from the house for, you know, whatever, you know, anywhere from five minutes, which is all it takes for a dog to be killed inside of a house by ingesting the wrong thing or biting into the wrong thing to, you know, hours, you know, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's a family decision. I'm just a big, I'm just a big fan of crates. From Suzanne. Yeah. Francis Cole Crate. Um, I'm not sure what that is, but I mean, no, Francis Cole. She was talking about crating. She's saying she, she, she's saying that Francis Cole should crate. Oh, got I it, think. got it, got it. About the dachshund. Is that who had the dachshund? Probably. Then yes. Yeah, got it. Next. From Lita, pray drive towards the cat in the house. We have have uh, three cats, and one of them is just our pup's favorite to lock on to. So we, there's a couple of different options you have. I mean, I'm a big advocate of just, you know, avoidance training when it comes to um, cats. Um, so we use, you can use a bonker. Bonker is a wrapped up towel. You can look, look it up on our website. I mean, I'm sorry, on our YouTube channel on how to make one, how to deploy it. So how do you stop your dog, which has high prey drive from going after um, a cat or a ferret or a bird or, or, you know, something else in your house, you would say no. And then you would apply a punisher and it should be uncomfortable. We're talking about the life possibly, unless you're, I mean, your dog, your dog might want to play with it, but it also might want to kill it. And it doesn't take long to kill a cat. 
doesn't take long to kill a small breed dog. You know, you get yourself a large breed dog and a small breed dog. It's a quick head shake. Boom. The dog is toast. You know, so, um, I, I, that's how we do, you know, cats for outdoor dogs. We do like, if you've got a hobby farm for any of your farm animals, for your chickens, things like that. Next. Uh, Papa. So I know now it's a bad time, but, uh, can I go to the bathroom? Yes, go. Thank you. She go to the bathroom before the show, kid. I know. So I'm a disabled and I have a German shepherd. He hates me. I don't think the dog hates you. Um, growls and barks towards me, not my husband. Any suggestions? Well, the dog doesn't just, the dog thinks it can get away with it. And being disabled or not disabled, we, we, it's, it, it's, an, it's an issue with a lot of people. So my, my question to you is, what have you done to stop it? What's the consequence been for that dog growling and barking at you? What has it been? So it should be something uncomfortable. Proceeded with the word no. Like a lot of the answers we're saying now. Like that's how you stop unwanted behaviors. But then on the proactive side, you also want to be training the dog. But no matter how much you train the dog in obedience, it won't stop usually a bad behavior. We're not seeing that. You still have to address the bad behavior. Um, Carolina, I have a nine-week-old puppy that is all of a sudden fearful of people. He doesn't know how, um, how to address it. Yeah, your dog's going through a fear stage. I've got a great puppy course too on the, on the academy, academy.sellycaninetraining.com. So what you're going to be doing and all the training we do with puppies is all food-based and it's just all repetition after repetition after repetition. And, you know, what you can do is you can have, you can have your dog around lots of people, around lots of people, but not necessarily interacting with people. All right. So there's a difference there. There's a difference. So, um, definitely want to make sure your dog gets plenty of exposure to plenty of environmentals. There's also confidence building drills you can get. And our, um, our, uh, uh, our puppy raising video um, addresses a lot of those. But there's also, you can just go onto YouTube and you can just Google uh, or, or just search on anybody, you know, on any, just, just search in the main search engine, raising, um, increasing confidence in puppies. Um, we're, at, we're at Russ and Deanna. Yep. All right, from Russ. Well, it's that? actually from Deanna. Yep. Deanna. Yep. Okay, from Deanna. The sharing account. Yep. Oh, that's what the N is yeah. for. Oh. Okay, from Deanna. I create all of my dogs no matter the age for their safety. I have three dogs one year old, four year old, and and six-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's smart, and she's got Great Danes, too. Next. Great Danes? Yep. Yeah. Aren't those the really tall ones? Or just this, the very short No, they're, they're really, really tall. They're huge. These guys? Yeah, up to, up to sometimes 200 pounds, but usually anywhere from the 120 to 1, 180 range. Yeah, they're huge. Next. Wait, in height or, like, size? No, just big. They're big dogs. They're like little horses, they look like, yes. So the ones with really long legs? Correct. Okay. Next question. Anyways. Hello, I have a female GSD who is fearful of big trucks and buses. His, his end will, will yelp if she gets started. Previous trainers have had me doing the click treat thing, but she will not even bother with food. Right. So, T. Freddie, so the reason why they recommended that because they wanted to create a, a positive association with, um, with the trucks. 
So the thing is that a lot of fearful dogs don't take food. Also, if you're clicking, if it's not working, you're actually reinforcing the fear. If you think, if you just think about it logically, so your your historic what a clicker is, is historically used because um, we use them too is historically used for a, a a positive marker. You actually use it for a negative marker if you want. It's one or the other, but you can use it for the negative marker if you wanted to. Um, you can use the word yes for a bad thing and no for a good thing. Like these are just words. Um, what we do with um, with, with dogs that have these fear issues on like cars and things like that, what we do is we're going to leverage obedience. So obedience doesn't fix the problem, but we're going to leverage it. So if I, my dog knows a heel and I'm walking down the street and a big truck goes by and my dog tries to flee as they do a lot of the times, I can correct my dog. Now I'm not correcting my dog for being afraid of the truck. I'm correcting my dog from breaking command. We also take dogs and we put them into downstays around things that they're fearful of. And if they break the downstay, then we can correct them for breaking the downstay. So we have dogs that um, are fearful of many, many things. And we'll, you'll see them just like lying down or walking around those things. Sometimes that can be, that can be stopped in one or two sessions of, of training as well. Next. Andrew. All right. From Andrew, if a dog is not food motivated, can you write a working level e-collar for ne uh, ne negative mm -hmm. reinforcement to increase my motivation to work? So, I mean, Andrew, first of all, if it's a working level, it wouldn't be a negative. It's just, it's just a working level. So um, in our Green to Graduate, we show you how to work a dog with a remote collar. But if your dog's not food motivated, what I would suggest is use the dog's daily food to train the dog. So I would imagine your dog eats, right? So use your dog's daily food to train, to train the dog. We have a video that how to build up um, food drive as well. This on a lot of our, almost every, I think almost on every one of our courses, we've got a video on um, how to build a dog's food drive. Um, but if you use, if you use the dog's daily food in your daily training, it's just part of their life and you don't do it forever but that's just through your training. Um, now, I don't suggest for obedience, I don't suggest using a, re a remote collar at all to correct the dog for unwanted obedience until they know the obedience commands. But you can use um, just leash and you can just use compulsion, which is just leash pressure. You just can do that because we get dogs in that just don't take food. They're just too nervous, they're too fearful, they're too anxious. They just won't take food. No matter, even if you, you know, there's dogs that can go a long time without food. We don't withhold food from dogs, but just factually, there's dogs that can go a long time without food. So I would just start out by only feeding through training, see how that goes. And then um, if that doesn't work, just use leash pressure instead. Next. All right. So uh, I just realized I never said the person who had the female GSD, T. Freddy. Okay, next. That felt like he was important. Don't know why. Uh, MSA, hey, hey, uh, five, has 89. If you're looking for a GSD, there's a breeder in Florida somewhere. He has all Hindu hugs, great temperament, champion lines. His YouTube is called German Shepherd Man if you want to check him out. Mm. Okay. And he's in Florida. I will. I'll check him out. Let me just take a photo of that. Yep. If they're, work if they're working lines, that's good. If they're not, then... Um... I'm not interested in show lines, but I'll definitely, I'll definitely check them out. Let me just take a quick photo of that. 
Thank you, MSA. Thank you, MSA. And there's T. Freddy next. Fearful GSD. He took us by hike accident. Smart heart learns very easy. Start started her on search. His reactive to other dogs on leash. Goal is to be able to take her up anywhere. So, um, you know, that happens a lot. It happens a lot. A lot of times when you have an experience with your dog, such as an off-leash dog comes after it, such as a dog that slides down the, the hardwood steps, such as a dog that um, uh, uh, might knock a pan off of a table or something, um, and they get startled, then they have got, you know, a superstition, a paranoid sort of association with those things. So you can get the dog over that by literally just doing the work, just by doing the work. Um as far as a dog is reactive to other dogs on leash, that's where you're going to be doing, um, you're going to be correcting your dog for being reactive. That's a multi-stepped protocol. Sometimes just one correction is enough, but that's usually not the case. It's usually a bunch of different things. We've got a course on it. Um, also, I do one-on-one -on -one consults on it. But, you know, if the goal is to be able to take her everywhere, that's like where well, you can start doing that. But what I would do is I would start with getting the dog to walk a proper heel then you do something called driveway drills, which are drills on up and down your driveway and all your obedience commands, keeping the dog in a proper heel, doing your downs, doing your sits, walk away from the dog a little bit, walk back, you know, walk back a little bit. And then, and then what I would do is um, go up and down your block a little bit and then start getting your dog at a distance to go past other dogs, start correcting your dog at the first sign of reactivity, which is the loading sign. The loading sign is the precursor to the bad behavior. Usually the mouth closes, usually the ears go up, usually the, the, the brow, um, especially on your pities, the brow um, um, frowns a little bit, it gets wrinkled, you know, I call it, you know, wrinkled. Um, chest goes out a little bit, that's when you apply your correction. Um, next. From good hood edification. Thanks, Jeff. Your advice worked for one of my dogs. That is fearful. Oh, great. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, congratulations. Yeah. Fear is fear can be tricky for a lot of owners. I mean, all the advice that I give works um, or I wouldn't give it. Um, if it doesn't work, um, you could have done it wrong, um, which is not shaming. You just could have done it wrong. You're not a dog trainer. Um uh, um, and then also this is just a podcast. Like, I mean, that's where one-on-ones really, really help, but also there's advice that I give that doesn't work with the dogs we're working with. So I've got other advice that I give with that, but the bottom line is we get the job done. We get the job done. There is, there is lots and lots of troubleshooting in dog training, in dog training. And there's a lot of different variables as well. Next. From a much, much, yep. much. Yeah, I got her right. Yep. Peter, even with even with a health guarantee, he doesn't mean a perfect dog. Reese, her urged checked references and parent OFA testing registered with multiple breeder. Her clubs two years later diagnosed with genetic defect. Right, agreed. A much, I, I agree with you. I agree. There's no guarantees in life at all. None at all. You well, can get you can get a dog from the shelter that is like the best dog you've ever gotten. You get a dog from a backyard breeder that's the best dog you've ever gotten, and you can pay five thousand dollars for a dog, and it's a genetic mess. Agreed, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Historically, though, as somebody that rehabs dogs for the last twenty years and um, over ten thousand dogs, 
the German Shepherd dog, I am seeing a lot of very, um, I've only seen one dog come into my facility um, in the last 20 years. There was a German Shepherd that I probably would adopt. That I probably would adopt, you know, or bought. Same thing, right? It's a financial transaction. So there's there's never any guarantees. There's no not a guarantee you, you can get a puppy. You can get a puppy from a, from a really well respected, well known breeder, um, and you can just personally you can you can be the one that messes it up. So is it nature or is it nurture? So um, and but a lot of a lot of breeders though, if it's a genetic defect, will take the dog back. A lot of breeders will. A lot won't, but a lot will. They'll at least want to know about it. They'll at least want to know about it. So, because they'll want to possibly, if they have more than one or two dogs out of that litter, they might want to stop breeding those two dogs. You know, good breeders will do that. They'll actually literally stop breeding the dogs, which cuts off massive amounts of cash flow to them. But they're just like, we can't do that breeding anymore. Because I know a bunch of breeders that, that, that will do that. They'll be like, we're not breeding those dogs anymore. That's nice of them. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, but all I'm saying, the big thing is, is I'm not seeing a lot of good German shepherds in rescue. That doesn't mean they don't exist. But then we have the factor, factor this in too. Will a rescue or shelter adopt a dog to me personally? To me personally? Many won't. Many won't. Because of um, everybody thinks I'm like this abusive dog trainer, which is the farthest thing from the truth. It's the farthest thing from the truth. I just like to work my dogs, but it's like, it's all, it's the whole stopping of unwanted behavior protocols that people seem to only hear about. Meanwhile, if you get our green to graduate program, you'll actually see how we train dogs and you'll see that it's 90% reward-based training. But also I want my dogs to do really, really well in public. So, um, but I know in the state of Rhode Island where, you know, I've been for a long time, I don't think there's a shelter there that would adopt a dog to me. In fact, it goes so far that I know shelters that write it right into their contract saying it can't be trained by solid canine training. I've seen, I've seen that before. I've seen it before. Yeah. Shelters are, 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 are putting too many restrictions on potential adopters now for, for this limiting their potential success. So next. Okay. Fra. Um, Tecalota. Hello, Angelo and Jeff. Hi. Great to see you again. And I have one senior dog that's starting to show signs of dementia. Would a refresher on obedience help her feel better or would it cause anxiety? So I don't know if it would cause anxiety. It's really, really funny. We, we just finished up, um, uh, um, a Zoom uh, mm. podcast with, uh, Thomas Sandberg mm. and, um, it's incredible what he, the information that he has. And we were talking, like, one of the last comments was dogs that have seizures. And he goes, he's seen so many dogs that, have, that are prone to seizures put on a raw food diet. And then he's got different supplements that he gives them. And they don't have seizures anymore. He's seen many. I think his study consists of over 4,000 dogs right now. Not in just seizures. But he also does consults too. So you might want to look up Thomas Sandberg and then ask him about, you know, dementia. But will it cost, create anxiety? I don't, I don't think it'll create anxiety, but you might be just limited by the learning curve. 
by the learning curve. Next. 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 From, also from Tecalota. What else would you recommend? Um, I, I, I'm not, like, to, to stop anxiety, I'm the wrong one to ask. That goes back into the medical realm of things. But I would talk to alternative vets, not mainstream vets, when it comes to anxiety. So find more of a holistic vet to talk to when it comes to dementia, because there's probably a lot of natural ways that you can actually um, make that much, much better. Next. Uh, from Anne. Thank you. You're welcome. You Anne. answered one of her questions earlier. Oh, you don't remember. I don't, but that's great. You don't even remember. Next. Uh, anyways, uh, from Jasmine. That says not to take puppies and, uh, until shots are all done. I need my dog to have great public access skills as an adult. How do, how, how I, how do I give him exposure as a pup while keeping him safe? So take him out. The dog's probably had its first round of shots, correct? Probably. Probably had its first round of shots. So vets always say that. And I always say, what's more important? Socializing your dog, getting your dog out in public, or waiting until, I mean, waiting until your dog gets all of his shots. There's some dogs that don't get their rabies shot till they're 16 weeks old. Some small breed dogs. Why not? But it's just the way it is. I think your mom's chihuahua didn't get it until it was at least 14 weeks old. Uh, which, which one, the white one or the black I'm one? I'm not sure which one. But the point, the point, the point is, it's like you've missed so many opportunities. I mean, don't go to a dog park. Try to stay away from you know, you know, wildlife. But getting the dog out in public, I mean, what's you know, could something happen? Sure, I'm will, I'm willing to bet though on my side. If I got an eight-week-old puppy, I'm not interested in raising a puppy right now. If I got an eight-week-old puppy and it had its first round of shots, I'd take it. I would just do everything with it. I would expose it to as many environmentals as possible. Next. From Francis Cole, I create the dachshunds. I know how to, I know what dachshunds is spelled now. Yep. At night, they don't, don't close the door. If I'm done for four hours, I just feel bad had having them. And then read the second line right there. In the crate. So, number one, so Francis, this is a Francis issue. You know that, right? You know that. So a lot of people, they'll crate their dogs, but they'll say, but I don't close the door. Because they feel bad closing the door. Why do you feel bad closing the door? Why? And then when you leave the house, why do you feel bad? Like I said, this is, this is a Francis issue. Why do you feel bad? I feel bad with your dog. I feel bad for your dog, most likely running around the house, all stressed out, scratching holes in the floor, chewing your woodwork, destroying your home. What's the bill eventually going to be on that? I'm getting that fixed. That's what I feel bad about. Also, your dog is struggling with lots of anxiety. That doesn't mean your dog can't have anxiety in the crate, but we can fix that really easy. So, but a lot of times people will say, I crate my dogs, but don't close the door is almost a defense mechanism. So they don't appear to be mean. 
or they'll say, I use the shock collar, but I only use tone. And I'm like, that's silly. Why don't you use shock? Because they want to appear that they're being nice to their dogs. I'm like, well, using shock doesn't mean you're not nice to your dogs. You know, so next. From Alyssa. At what age does the fear stage typically end? So dogs go through a couple of different fear stages. Um, the best place to find that information out is, is on Google. Google, okay? And some dogs don't really go through them. We've had dogs that have just, you know, it all depends on how you treat it too. It all depends on how much work you put into the dog a lot of the times. But, but, but there's, there's a good puppy raising book and I don't recall the name of it, but it talks about all the different stages of life your dog goes through. And so that's not really as much. So the, some of the training, I don't, you know, agree with a hundred percent, but for, for puppy stuff though, it's like, we did, it's all reward based stuff. I just don't agree with some of the, the things that they should be correcting bad behaviors that they don't. That's all. And the, that, that's it. Next. Uh, so from Francis Cole, this is an attachment from their first two comments, right. but can't have them chewing out the windows. So Francis, you answered your question. Put the dogs in the crate and close the door and try not to feel bad. I can't tell you don't feel bad. That's ridiculous. That's like telling somebody not to be depressed, not to have anxiety attacks, to be happier. It's like, no fucking shit. That's just of, mean. Of, of course I want to be happier. Of course mm -hmm. I don't want to be depressed. Of course I don't want to have anxiety. Of course. But all I can say is think about how safe your home is and that you won't be so stressed out to coming home to possibly a dead dog because your dog can die if it eats the wrong thing. Oh, yeah. Next. From Rob. Hi, Jeff. I've got a four-year-old Belgian Malinois. Malinois. That's Malinois. That's, that's what we have. That's how, that's Texas. Text. That's Texas breed. That's how it's spelled. Belgian Mal Malinois. Dog breeds and English do not make sense. Well. Like baloney. It's spelled Bologna? What? <laughs> it's true. Don't laugh. It's true. It's true. So you're, comp you're, you're comparing bologna to a Malinois? Basically. So let's read the question. Belgian Malinois. I still don't get it. She goes crazy anytime she thinks my wife is going to take her on a walk. I, kn I know the breed is excited often, but this is beyond that. What can we do? So I own a Malinois, and that's how Texas breed is spelled, too. Okay, just like just like baloney, and um, you can correct over arousal. We talk about that all the time on a lot of our shows, a lot of our podcasts, a lot of our videos. So your dog will not have a negative association with the walk. So you can actually correct it. So if I was to get up right now and grab a leash, and my dogs were going nuts, I would just calmly say no. And then correct them. What would I correct them with? If they had remote collars on with a remote collar, if I had a bonker handy, which I would because I would know there was a known, a known bad behavior, no, and then bonk. 
and that gets the arousal, that stops the arousal. It doesn't take away any drive of the dog. It doesn't take away, it doesn't destroy any of the relationship at all. Malinois is a high drive dog. They spin in circles, they go nuts, they go ballistic. It's a working dog. So you need to harness that power. Next. Tom T. Freddie, which training video would you recommend? She is advanced. Um, what's Ooh. T. Freddie's problem? Do you remember? I don't. So if you go on to our T. Freddie. Oh, course, fearful GSD. Um, what does GSD stand for? German Shepherd Dutch? Dog. Dog. Angela, how come you don't know this stuff? Oh, no. So we've got a we've got a um, leash reactivity course. We've got a really leash reactivity course right on the academy. I've never been the, the two ever. breeds that we have, Angelo, and you don't know the <laughs> proper spelling. Yep. Well, GST. That's German Shepherd Dog. Well, yeah, uh, but what is something like that called again? GSD. It's short for dog. German yeah. Shepherd. No, no, no. I mean, like some. Sup is short for what's up. So what is that called again? Abbreviation. It's an abbreviation. So sometimes. Or it's actually, hard to actually, tell. it could be an acronym. Acronym abbreviation. So sometimes it's hard to tell. Next. Uh, next from Karen. I have the the green integrated program, but on my five month old German Shepherd dog. Yeah, that's what I said. You said five. Go ahead. I said four. Okay, go. Occasionally, bolts on, on walks. Can I use a pro on my two two twenty five? Two twenty five. Two point two five. Yep. Two twenty five. Two point two five. Same thing. Same difference. My my two two twenty five seems to be big, even with many links removed. What other options? Can't find smaller collar. Thanks. So for a 16-week dog, the 225, send me a photo of the of how it's fit on your dog, and I'll let you know. But you absolutely should have the the the, the, the prong collar on your dog. As far as far as it bolting, um, it's probably not getting far because if you're walking the dog like we instruct in the video, it should only be it should only have a tiny bit of leash. So I would absolutely get the 225 um, on on the dog. On the dog, right? All right, guys, we didn't get to all of the um, uh, questions at all because um, we talk a little bit, um, we talk a lot, Angelo and I. And uh, but we'll be back on the air on Friday, um, Friday at six p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But I won't be co-hosting. Joelle's going to be here unless Joelle doesn't want to. Fair point. But I think she'll want to. All right. Honestly, I want to co-host one last time. Okay. Well, this might be your last time. So if this is your last time co-hosting, what do you have to say? Uh, bye, guys. If this is my last, I'm co-hosting. Uh, you guys are awesome. Great. Thank you. Thank you all very much. It, it's hard to do it there. Okay. Thank you. For, thank you all very I much. Like doing that. And uh, everybody check out our academy. Check out our social media. There's tons of free help. There's paid help. Our Patreon channel, it's $10 a month. It's $10 a month. This, the, way, the way you want to buy one of our courses actually is you sign up for the Patreon channel, which is $10 a month. Then there's a code on Patreon, which gets you 20% off all of our courses and all of our consults. So you can immediately save you know, $20 on a course because most of the courses are $197. So right off the bat, you're saving 20 bucks. 
Then if you have to do a consult, you save 10, 20% off of that. And then also part of the Patreon channel is you get um, four Zooms, Zoom rooms a month, one every, one every week, which is a face-to-face Q&A. It's the face-to-face Q&A. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.